0: Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Colts have a huge game tonight. It's going to be awesome to see the Indianapolis Colts win this game. I can't wait. I can't wait to shut up Steelers fans who are all... Hey, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Colts up tonight against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. A lot of things going on here. the The Steelers coming to Indianapolis, fat and happy. They believe that they cannot be beaten by the uh, by the Indianapolis Colts. It has been a long time since the Colts won. The Steelers overall. This goes back to the history of the series. Twenty five and six are the Steelers against the Colts. Um, not only that, they have won their last five by an average score of 29 to 16. Yikes. But you know what? It's meaningless because we've never seen Matt Ryan play against Kenny Pickett as the two quarterbacks of these teams, right? Kenny Pickett, not altogether good and actually far less good than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's not having a very good season at all. And that's just fine. You know what? We're fine with that because Kenny Pickett's terrible. I'll tell you how bad Kenny Pickett is. His sack percentage is 7.8%. That's a lot. That's getting sacked like once every 14 times you drop back. His interception percentage is 3.4% percent. That means one in about every 29 pass attempts he is picked off. Matt Ryan not altogether that much better, but a little bit better. You would think, wouldn't you, that as often as Matt Ryan has been sacked, percentage-wise, that he would lead the NFL. Well, he doesn't. Kenny Pickett's worse. And his interception percent is a full percent less, almost. It's 2.5% compared to Pickett's 3.4%. And Pickett's yards per attempt, a ridiculous 6.0. The Colts ran, uh, they bought Jacoby Brissett a bus ticket because his uh, yards per attempt average was 6.6. 6. Uh, let's talk to Ab Cool, see how he's doing. This isn't about what I think, it's about what you think. So let's go and talk to Ab Cool. Activate yourself as a caller. Ab Cool, unmute yourself and let's go. Let's talk about tonight's game in which the Colts are a two and a half point favorite, which is a nice thing. Mute yourself so we can talk. There you are. How you doing tonight?
1: Good afternoon, Ken. How are you doing? Can you see can you hear me okay?
0: I hear you fine.
1: Oh, okay, that's good. I mean, I hope you're having a good afternoon, man, but going into this game, I mean, I'm I'm kind of nervous. I'm not even gonna lie. I, I shouldn't be really. I mean when you look at this team on paper, this Colts team, this should be a game where they actually should handle the Steelers. But the way this offense has been playing, I just question it every time if this offense is going to show up how they did against the Raiders and the Jaguars where they score more than 20 points or they show up like in the Eagles game where they don't. So it's very confusing with this team and I
0: just don't know what to expect anymore, Ken. Here's one thing you can expect that from an offensive perspective, the Colts are more likely to be good tonight than the Steelers are. The Steelers offense sucks. And the Colts' defense is actually good. So that's kind of where we hang our hat in the hopes that the Colts can get this win done. Where we don't feel very good, I'll give you a specific guy, and that's Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce, over the last three games, four catches total on 12 targets for a total of 51 yards and no touchdowns. You can't have that out of your second-round pick. You look at George Pickens, the second-round pick of the Steelers, taking one selection ahead of Alec Pierce. He's been much better than Pierce has been. Pierce got off to a pretty good start lately with his language. Uh, Are you disappointed in Pierce? Pierce, listen, I mean, he's a rookie, man. I
1: think he's been doing a good job, but, you know, that stat you just brought up, I mean, yeah, these past few games, he's been silent. I have not seen him a lot. I don't know if that has to do with The fact that, you know, Ellinger came in, obviously he had that deep pass to him in that commander's game, but I don't know if it has to do with the switching of quarterbacks, but either way, I mean, Alec Pierce, he just has not been really consistently good as of lately. And I mean, hopefully we see him in this game in primetime, but uh, a player that I think will stand out in this game, Ken, and I don't know if you agree with me, will be Michael Pittman. I think we've seen a lot of Paris Campbell, but I think it's about time that we see more Michael Pittman. We know he loves to show up uh, in these primetime games, Kent.
0: He does. And the Colts are pretty good in primetime. You make a good point. And, and another good, uh, and I'll tell you what Pittman's done the last three games 16 catches on 22 targets, 150 yards, no touchdowns since week one. So that's not so great. But uh, what they got to do is they got to find a way to get better in the red zone. They are straight, they straight stink in the red zone. Their red zone efficiency over the course of the season, they're 30th uh, in terms of TDs and TDs alone at 23.3%. 31st next to last over the last three games at 28.6%. They got to get to the red zone, and then when they get there, they got to score there. Or it's a bunch of field goals and you've got problems like they had against the Eagles. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thanks I mean, for the call, man. And, uh thank you, man. always good to thank hear you. from Cool, And uh, thank you, activate yourself as a caller. We're rolling. We're about, uh, what are we, three hours and 15 minutes away from the kick. And we'll see what the cold spring to the party tonight. I mentioned the lack of red zone efficiency. And a lot of people, they, they attack Parks Frazier over this. And they say the Parks Frazier has to call better plays. You know, I, I really think in football, in football period, it's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Every coach in the world will cite that, that old saying, right? What you've got in the red zone, though, it's even magnified. It, it's more about the Jimmys and the Joes than the X's and the and the O's in the red zone. And the Colts are going to have to find a way to do good work in the red zone, or they have got real problems. They've got to score touchdowns. You've got to get seven in the red zone. The Colts have not been able to score this season well at all. You look at a guy, look at a guy like George uh, George Pickens. All right, six three, two hundred pounds. So he's a little bit thicker than Alec Pierce, um, but this season. He's gotten into the end zone. He, he's only got two touchdowns, but have we seen Pierce really in the end zone? And overall Pickens with 33 catches averaging 13.7 yards per reception. What is Alec Pierce? You ask, I will tell you what Alec Pierce is as we compare these two second rounders uh, Pickens taken 50, uh, 52nd Pierce taken 53rd uh, Pierce, they say is 6'3", 213. I don't buy it. Stand next to that guy and tell me that George Pickens somehow is skinnier than Alec Pierce. Uh, I'm just not buying the 213. Um, over the last, and we mentioned this on the YouTube show, over the last three games, he's caught four balls in 12 targets. His uh, yards per catch, I mean, he's got 51 yards total in those four, so that's, that's about 13 yards a, a catch. Overall, he's got 28 catches, 424 yards, so he's not far off from George Pickens. It's just recently we haven't seen much of him. And as the season wanes, we really need to see something out of these guys because if the Colts lose tonight, every statistic that's compiled after tonight, beginning next Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys, what do you got? You got meaningless, hollow numbers. They don't mean a damn thing. Not a, not anything. They mean nothing because you're out of the playoff hunt. And so you're just stacking numbers where it really doesn't matter very much, at least to us it doesn't matter. Um, but if you look at Jonathan Taylor, I know a lot of us um, ask more of Jonathan Taylor maybe than he's given this year. But this is a cat who has run for almost 700 yards this year. So he's on a pace to eclipse uh, 1,000, and he's going to do it in 14 games or less because he's missed three games already. So you take the three from the 17, and you got 14. So he's got almost 700 already, three touchdowns. He's 4.6 yards per carry. We mentioned that, uh, you know, as you look at um, – the Najee Harris, he's got three point seven yards at carry, and the Colts are really good at stopping the run, and they're pretty good at stopping the pass too. Hopefully, they can get to Pickett tonight because Pickett is the key. But Jonathan Taylor is a guy; he's played, he showed out a little bit. He's got to be the guy, though. When you get into the red zone, he's got to be the guy who can punch it in because how else are you going to do it? You know, as as you kind of condense. That uh, the the defense, because you're in the red zone, things get very very um, muddy, and muddy does not suit Matt Ryan well at all. Let's go to Brandon. Um, how did I screw you up! I may have screwed you up, Brandon. How you doing? I hope I didn't screw you up.
2: I'm doing good.
0: Okay, getting how ex- you feeling about tonight?
2: I'm feeling good, getting excited. Just got home from work and uh, seeing this alert. So I wanted to hop on, and I think if we win, I think Jonathan Taylor has to get at least 100 yards, and at least an interception or a fumble from the defense. I think we've got this game under tow.
0: Yeah, I, I think you you hit on a, a really important deal, and that is the uh, turnover number. If the Colts don't turn it over, I think they got a hell of a chance to win this game. So I, you know, I think you're 100 percent right. What they've done for the season, we all know. You know' in terms of giving the ball away, they've done it 19 times. that ranks 30th in the in the NFL and and the, uh, you know what as as inert as the offense has been for the Pittsburgh Steelers, at least they held on to the ball a little bit. they've given it away 14 times. Um, what do you if you had to pick a matchup in this game? What is it the Colts O-line and the Steelers D-line? Is it Stephon Gilmore and George Pickens? Is it Michael Pittman Jr.? And, uh, you know, kind of that defensive backfield for the, uh, for the Steelers. What do you think?
2: Well, I'm hoping our wide receivers can show out tonight. Uh, I think our O-line will do fine. I think Gilmore's going to stop Pickens for sure. Uh, he's going to have a welcome to the NFL moment tonight, I hope. But, yeah. I hope
0: you're right. And let me ask you this: because it, it was 2008, the last time the Colts beat the Steelers, how old were you? Where were you when they won that game? 2000. 2000- remember it?
2: Yeah, I would have been a sophomore in high school. Really? Oh yeah. Is that the game? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember what, what, like, where it, was. It at the Steelers that we won?
0: Yeah, it was in Pittsburgh.
2: In Pittsburgh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, God, because that's and, a long time and ago. Uh, you know they they were going up against Palomalu and 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 that defense was stout in 2008 for the Steelers. Yeah. I was on the uh, I was on a Colts sponsor trip. We went down to Florida. Florida. They flew us down to Florida. We Florida, went to a we hotel, had to... a big party in a ballroom, and ballroom watched and the, 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 Colts the Colts on a big, big screen, screen kick the hell out the hell. of the uh, Steelers. It was cool.
2: Hell yeah, yeah. The Steelers. It seems like they always have our numbers the last decade but hopefully tonight that changes i could have swore andrew luck beat him one time but i guess we didn't
0: he he did not sadly um you know and and, and anytime we talk about the colts and the steelers of course you talk about that 2005 playoff game oh. where uh, it was at nick harper all he had to do is get by ben roethlisberger who was on his backside and he goes into the end zone and the colts win that game on that turnover bettis fumbled on, unlike on the one. but yeah, Nick Hart was stabbed that. the night before by his fiancée or his girlfriend. And, uh, <laughs> I forgot
2: about that.
0: Yeah. I, yep. I, it, the last time the Colts beat the uh, the Steelers, it was November 9th 2008. Colts won 24-20. Uh, what did Peyton Manning do? Manning was 21 of 40 for 240, three touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked twice. Uh, Joseph Adai, what you, what he, he, uh, 12 carries, 34 yards. Dominic Rhodes, 7 for 28. This is a game that absolutely Peyton Manning won. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, uh, 29 for 41, 280 yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions. So the, the Colts destroyed the Steelers in terms of turnover differential, but still only won the game by four. But uh, you know what, when you're the Colts, and especially in that year, you take a win when you can get it, because that was the year they started three and four and then ripped off the last nine as Manning got healthy again. Uh, uh, But a fantastic game, fantastic season uh, that they were going to do again. They were going to do a a better job in the postseason, but it was what it was.
2: Yeah, I think tonight's going to be a close game. I'm going 31-28 Colts.
0: Oh, that's a lot of points, man.
2: I hope, man. I hope. I like the high school game. (laughs)
0: All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Brandon.
2: Hey, thank you, Kent. Appreciate you, buddy.
0: Yep. That's uh, Brandon. Uh, We always enjoy talking to Brandon and uh, uh, chopping it up a little bit. You want to activate yourself as a caller? We have no line. We haven't done this before. The habituation of me and the audience is to do this post-game, but we're doing it in pre-game tonight because post-game like that's if we're going to do breakfast with Kent tomorrow at seven, which we will look doing an hour post game on call in until one in the morning is just untenable. So we, we can't have that. I mean, it, it, we can't ask that much of me. Right. Like uh, Will Ferrell and Step Brothers. At any rate, is not going to play. Zaire Franklin might. We don't know who's going to be active. I don't think at this point, and who's going to be inactive. I haven't seen that on Jim Ursay's Twitter feed. That is his uh, prerogative and his responsibility as the owner to tell us what's going on. Uh, there was a uh, uh, an, uh, kind of a roster move today. Nikola Kalinic. He is activated, Forrest Ryan activated from the practice squad. And, uh, so there you go. You're allowed to do that three times for a guy during a season. So, and then you've got to sign him to the, uh, the season long contract. I think then he's guaranteed for the rest of the, uh, for the rest of the season. So the Colts, they got, they should win tonight. To be honest, this is a should win. You got two more should wins in this season you got the Colts tonight against the Steelers at Lucas Oil Stadium you got the Colts wrapping up the season on January 8th against the Houston Texans those are should wins the four games that are sandwiched between those those are going to be a little bit tougher you travel to the Cowboys you travel to the Vikings you play the Giants wait you play the Chargers here then the Giants There at MetLife and the Giants are kind of imploding right now. So you feel a little bit better about that game than you might have a few weeks ago when it looked like the New York Giants uh, were going to kind of not run away with the NFC East, but, you know, continue to play at a high level. Right now they're seven and four, but they're expected to win and loss, according to pro football or pro football reference is 5.3 to 5.7. So they've been playing in some pretty good luck. And recently, they've lost two in a row. They lost to the Lions at home. and The the Giants were at home. And then they lost against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That in Dallas, they lost that game 28-20. So this is a team that's not playing great. You feel like you can win that one. You could win against the Chargers. That gives you four if you win tonight and the last game of the season against the Texans. If you win those four, That takes you to eight, eight, and one, and that will not get you into the playoffs. But if you find a way to beat the Cowboys or the Vikings, then you're at nine, seven, and one, and you go to the playoffs. So they got to split those other two. Uh, Let's go to Jeffrey. Let's talk to uh, let's talk to him. Jeffrey, how you doing? Make yourself, Jeffrey. How you feeling about tonight? How you feeling about tonight, Jeffrey? Jeffrey, you're unmuted and everything, and I can't hear you. And what a shame that is, because I have a feeling you were gonna you were gonna school us, and and shares valuable to us. Uh, Jeffrey's gone. I want to activate yourself as a caller? Please do that, uh, Jeremy. If you want to reactivate yourself as a caller, go. Let's go. He's got the Pacers logo. Pay, this should be a big night for the Pacers. But we're not going to talk about that. That game is 1030 at night. We are going to be knee deep in the second half of this game between the Colts and the Steelers. Season on the line tonight for the Indianapolis Colts. And as we uh, as as we look at this thing, are you kidding me? Right. I mean, here's what I don't get is I don't get the lack of hope. People come on the YouTube channel. And if you want to go on the YouTube channel, just search Kent Sterling. It's there. We do Breakfast with Kent inside Indiana Sports uh, right now, right, every afternoon. And, and we talk about this stuff. And, and so many people in the comments are like, ah, the season's over. The season's done. It's easy. Why would, why would you want to have that as your kind of ideology looking ahead to the rest of the season, it not even being December? We got six games left. By we, I mean the Colts and Colts fans. We got six games, including tonight, to watch on TV or at Lucas Oil Stadium. Or maybe you're going to Dallas. Maybe you're going to New York. Maybe you're going to Minneapolis. Although, in the middle of mid- would you go to Minnesota? I went to Minneapolis uh, once. I got to tell you, uh, some of it was fun. Some of it was not so fun. And it was all either to my credit or my fault. Uh, You can have a real good time in Minneapolis. In in, in Minneapolis, this is a a story maybe for another time, but I'll share it now. Went uh, to the World Series up in Minneapolis. uh, And uh, we were wandering around after maybe a couple of beers, couple, and uh, walked into a place and had no idea. Like, walked in, and we're walking around, and I said to the guys I was with, said to the uh, the infamous Charlie and uh, Lynn Totlin and, and Polly Balls, I said, hey, you know, there's something odd about this place. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something weird going on here. And, and so we looked around, and we ordered another beer, and, and we're all trying to figure it out, and after about 15 minutes, I went, oh, geez, uh, this is a gay bar. This is... This is filled with men. There isn't a woman in this bar. How does it take 15 minutes for that to dawn on me? And, and the other three guys, that this place is, is a sausage factory for God's sake. And then we leave the place, didn't look at the name of the place and, and it was called the Gay 90s. So uh, you know what? A detective for INPD, I am never going to be. But uh, you can, you can have a very, very good time in uh, uh, in Minneapolis, uh, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. No judgment, right? So, um, let's see if I can. How I'm trying to make Ab cool the next caller. and I can't do it. Maybe he's left the room. At any rate, you want to activate yourself. Activate yourself. If not, we're going to continue to talk about this game. Quitty Pay. I'm a little bit disappointed that Quitty Pay couldn't get himself. In, into a position where he could contribute or feel comfortable that he could contribute for 60 minutes tonight and then still project toward playing next Sunday. Uh, I think it, talking to him on Friday, it seemed like he wanted to get going, but I'll tell you this about Quitty Pay smiles a lot. And during the three-plus minutes that we talked to him on, uh, on Saturday, there wasn't a smile. And when Quiddy's not smiling, you, you can, I think, anticipate kind of a, uh, a, a negative, a negative vibe, right? And he didn't seem like he was there, and, and so maybe we should have anticipated that this was going to be the case. But he's, you know, it's his second year, so we're still learning about him. Um, DeForest Buckner, I got to tell you, seeing him in the locker room. This is a guy, you know, we see him on the injury report every week. And he's sitting out of practice, and they say ribs. And and you think, okay, maybe this is just like, although they rest, guys, and they stay on the injury report, they're resting. But you look at DeForest Buckner and and the tape that he's got uh, protecting kind of his chest area and his abdomen, and you're like, okay, this guy is is genuinely feeling it and he's balling out every single Sunday or in this case Monday and finding a way to compete at a really high level and putting him that that's crazy looking at a 4 6 and 1 team maybe soon to be a 5 6 and 1 team but DeForest Buckner is balling out and so is Grover Stewart and Grover I was talking to somebody in the Colts media room one of, the, one of the media guys, so is like Mike Chappell or, or Zach Kiefer, somebody like that, and, uh, and I see it, he's got to go to the Pro Bowl. And what they said was there are guys who should go to the Pro Bowl and guys who will go to the Pro Bowl, and Grover Stewart is a guy who should go to the Pro Bowl. And I get what he means because there are different criteria. Grover Stewart is not a guy that people are going to look at in the same light as, say, an Aaron Donald right? Or even a DeForest Buckner. And, and I get it. You know, if you're going to look at the at the Colts and they're, they're front four, and you look at four, six, and one as it stands right now, you cannot say that the Colts have two of the best four defensive tackles in the AFC right now. And DeForest Buckner is playing his ass off. But I think that, that uh, Grover Stewart, has been straight awesome and, and a great dude. And and you talk about somebody, I do anyway, talk about somebody that you, you might want your kid to be like a little bit. and And that, to me, is Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart went to Albany State in Georgia. Nobody goes to Albany State and comes to the NFL. He's from about a half an hour south of Albany. I got family in Albany. I've been to Albany a bunch of times. And Grover Stewart found a way into that fourth round draft pick by the Colts. Chris Ballard finding him, right? You know what? Ballard does a lot of things that drive us nuts a little bit, but finding guys like Grover Stewart, you know, or Zaire Franklin, or even uh, Will Fries. You know, there have been 7th rounders, 6th rounders, 5th rounders, 4th rounders. Kari Willis, a good example, who have come in here and balled out. And Grover Stewart, I think, is at the top of the list, and he's having a tremendous year. You look at his statistics, he's played every game. He's got 53 tackles, 3 sacks, uh, 8 tackles for loss, 4 quarterback hits, and this is from a position where your responsibility is to occupy blockers. That's what you're supposed to do when you're Grover Stewart. You occupy one, maybe two blockers, and linebackers then are able to make plays. And you want to know why Shaquille Leonard had such gaudy tackle numbers and, and Zaire Franklin has gaudy numbers this year. Same with Bobby O'Karake. A lot of it has... And, oh, there's the Abcool. Hi, oh, Abcool, He was unmuted. Now he's muted. There he is. April. Oh, hello, Ken. Talking? What were you? Oh, what were you
1: talking about? Uh, sorry, I, I think I cut you off.
0: No, that's okay. I was talking about Grover Stewart. For some reason, uh, the activation of you on this uh, on this portal was kind of sketchy.
1: Yeah, I think I just came in here like out of nowhere. But uh, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> But uh, anyways, I was just uh, quickly going to mention, you know, the, some really facts that I don't think a lot of Colts fans are mentioning how Jeff Saturday has just motivated this team. I wanted to come on here and say that because I think Jeff Saturday is important to this team, really. I mean, you look at this team, they have a spark in them. I talked to other NFL fans and all of them are saying that in that Eagles-Colts game they were watching, they saw that that Colts offense, a whole, all three phases, they had some sort of motivation when you look back at that Patriots game, I mean, that that team going into that locker room, they look unmotivated. Ken, with Frank Reich, I mean, now with Jeff Saturday, it has been phenomenal.
0: Really, you it know, really... I totally agree with that, and and I agree to this extent too, and that's that um, it, when Frank Reich his last two weeks, there was no carbonation to that mm. to that yeah. roster whatsoever. That locker room, it was dead men walking. And and if you watched like the post game with Frank Reich uh, from New England yeah. from Foxborough, man, th- that was just that was exactly. torturous because that that was a guy who had been defeated, and as a coach, you can't yeah. be defeated. And Jeff Saturday seems like a guy who's not going to be defeated, right? Yeah, he doesn't seem like that. And I have a
1: couple stats for you, and that's Matt Ryan. I think I think this is true. I mean, I looked over the past two games, but ever since Jeff Saturday has came, Matt Ryan has not turned the ball over. And I don't know, maybe maybe Matt right. Ryan improved on that coming back from his injury. And then another fact is also I think the the O-line has allowed five sacks in two games, Ken. That that is pretty impressive. I mean, considering how atrocious this O-line has been over this, you know, this season with Frank Reich so far. With Jeff Saturday, we allowed one sack over the versus the Raiders, and four. Yeah, you could say four sacks versus the Eagles. That's that's a lot, right? But that's the best. That's probably the best front seven in the league. So I mean, considering only four they allowed, I mean that that's pretty impressive to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Only twenty nine sacks total. Ellinger has been sacked eleven times. None of them came against the Patriots. But and here's the thing too uh, about Reich, and this doesn't let Reich off the hook. Yeah. But the way that Reich was kind of treated as Jimmer, say, made the decision to dump Lentz and then made the decision to bench Ryan, at least that is what we were left to infer from that situation. You had an owner inserting himself into roster issues that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich should have been trusted to take care of themselves. Ursay didn't. Yeah. And that all that puts Reich in an untenable position at a defensive position. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got a roster all fifty-three guys are saying, Okay, who's running this crazy ship? Is it a ship with a P, not a T. Yeah? Uh yeah. is it Ursay? Is it Reich? Is it Ballard? Who the hell am I playing for? And yeah, I think exactly. since he's brought Saturday in, they've got the answer. They got the answer.
1: I agree with you. I mean, Jeff Saturday, he just came in and he said, I mean, he said in his opening conference that, hey, he doesn't know if he's going to do a great job at this. But so far, I could say this, that our team just looks like it has a spark. It's motivated. I'm hoping, I'm praying that we've seen the same thing we've seen this past two weeks with this team being motivated and high energy. I hope we see this in this game and uh for furthermore onto the season, but uh I'll let you go, Ken. I mean I'm excited for this game and I hope you are as well. Have a good afternoon.
0: Thanks, Ab. Cool. I am excited for this game. I don't really care for the night games, I gotta tell you the truth. I like the Sunday at one o'clock games. But this is cool. I'm good. And uh, looking yeah. forward to it. So, you know, I and I think that the Colts win this game. I think they wind up this game five, six and one. And they're, thir- they're said to be a 13% likely playoff team by 5:38. I think that that jumps a little bit yeah. after a win tonight. You look ahead to a win maybe against Houston, a win against the Giants, a win against the Chargers. And what's going to determine that's you know what that that's a lot of hate that those guys are going to have to have to throw themselves yeah. right. Cowboys vote well, yeah. But it's a uh, – I, I think that they got a shot. You know, if they win one of those two games, I think they're going to the playoffs. Go Colts, we'll talk to you immediately after the game on the post-game on my YouTube right. channel. Can't wait to do that then. See you, cool. Have a good afternoon, Ken. Thank you, man. Are you there, Ken? I am here.
3: <clears throat> so I think that uh, if we're a serious team – we definitely have the talent on our team to win four of these five games. And I I don't know why people are so putting their tail between their legs. Dallas is absolutely a challenge because I don't know if we can score offensively enough points to keep up with them. But the rest of the teams on our schedule are all teams that talent for talent, we should be not afraid of. These, these are teams that are in our league And these are games that we, if you've watched those teams play this season, there's nothing that they've done that we can't handle. And our defense is playing at a playoff winning level. And uh, our offense just needs to be able to score more than 20 points to win these games. So I I don't think we should be afraid.
0: The game that bothers me. and, And it's because of one guy. It's the game next Sunday night against the Cowboys. And it's Micah Parsons because I don't, Like under great, uh, great, if Jonathan Ogden was the left tackle for the Colts, I would still be a little bit skittish uh, about Micah Parsons. But with Bernard Ryman out there, uh, if I were Matt Ryan, I'd be, you know, I'd make sure I had my Blue Cross Blue Shield, you know, uh, paid up uh to at least next sunday night and and make sure that i'm not going to cost my family a whole bunch of money because what's going to happen to me that night because that guy's a game wrecker
3: Well, we're going to learn tonight how well this offense can scheme for tj watt you know that guy is no slouch you know he's he's coming off injury so he's just getting kind of back into game flow but you know, we're going to learn a lot about how prepared our team is and what kind of adjustment Jeff Saturday has brought to the table for us to handle a guy like Watt, which is then going to apply to the Dallas game. Like I said, I think our, our problem in Dallas is going to be scoring enough points because they're just such a high-powered offense. But uh, none of those other teams scare me. If we're able to do take care of business tonight, we should absolutely be capable of winning the rest of those games. Dallas will be a challenge.
0: I appreciate it, J.P., Thanks for the call. Have a great, everybody have a great night. We will talk to you on the YouTube channel after the game. I mean.